Hello and welcome back to another episode of You Want to Do What with Dan and Julie. Today we've got Todd on, who is a recruiter within Formula One. Hi, Todd. Hey, how are we doing? Good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, good. good. Almost been... at the weekend. I know, I know. It's been a, a weird week after a bank holiday. It's always um, an odd one because bottleneck of, of work. and yeah. but, but, but it's good. Four-day week. Can't complain at that. I never really know what day it is after a bank holiday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's definitely, uh, I don't know what it is today. <laughs> <laughs> um, so do you want to tell everyone a bit about what you do, Todd? Absolutely. Yes. So I recruit for a Formula One team. So I guess that means I bring people into the business. So it sounds simple, but there's a lot more to it. I guess it's, it's you know, making sure we find the right people, we then make sure that they're onboarded correctly. You know, they meet the right people within the company. They have their contracts. They're paid correctly. Um, so it's a, definitely a, a whole sort of life cycle process. Um, all people focused, you know, that's the key. Bringing in the correct people for the role. Um, yeah, it, it, it's, it's quite a weird one. It's, I, I guess I could talk passionately about it for hours, but um <laughs> Yeah, no. In essence, or yeah, a recruiter for for. So it's, it's internal recruitment. That's fair to say. Yes, absolutely. Okay, and so was it Formula One or motorsport that got you into this world, or was it the recruitment angle? It was. It was recruitment. So I, I initially, I guess, sort of five, six years ago, um, I I started. I moved to Oxfordshire. Um, I. Was, was having a bit of a career change. I, I used to work within the music touring business. Um, and yeah, I, I, I sort of stumbled into a recruitment agency and said, have you got any temporary work? Um, I was in, I actually remember I was in sort of flip-flops and shorts in the, at the time. Um, and, and they said, you know what, we're looking for a, you know, a, a recruitment consultant right now. Um, so then a few conversations later, I ended up finding myself, you know, working <laughs> for a recruitment agency. Um, and then a few years back, sort of stumbled into internal recruitment and HR. Um, so, yeah, it, it was definitely not an intentional move. Um, it, it was something that I definitely stumbled into. I think a lot of people in recruitment say they stumble into it. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. Um, but I'm quite interested to hear about what the F1 recruiting is. Do you do like, uh, where does it sort of start and finish for you recruiting for this team? So it, 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 it can really vary. So it can be, it, it's, it, yeah, extremely varied role. So it could be, you could be doing, speaking with the head of aerodynamics on a, a senior aerodynamicist role, um, or you could be employing a security guard for the, for the gate. You know, it, it, there's literally nothing in between the, the roles that you, that you wouldn't touch which is really good because you get great exposure to all the departments, but at the same time, it's really hard to sort of constantly juggle your styles of how you're sort of interviewing, how you're managing the internal people. Um, but th th I guess that's the fun part of it. Um, yeah, certainly. And, and at the moment um, for, for the particular team that I'm, I'm with, there's sort of 70 live vacancies because they're, wow. they're sort of rapidly growth, uh, growth period going on um, after an investment firm bought us. That sort of gives away who it is. But um, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, it, that's not normal. You know, it's myself um, and a colleague and we're managing 70 vacancies between us. Wow. You know, when I was external, it was probably anywhere between 15 and 20 and max. 
So to, to manage 35 or 40 vacancies each is, is a real big, you know, that's a lot of conversation, a lot of people that you're managing, internal and external. Um, so a lot going on at the moment. So I'm, I'm really interested in what a recruiter's day actually looks like, because mm. I think it's fair to say, I don't know why this is the case, but recruiters tend to get a bit of a bad rap um, 100%. overall. And, I, you know, I don't really know what you guys do day in, day out, you know, <laughs> apart from the, you know, sort of trawling LinkedIn and, and other softwares to find people. But what does it actually involve finding candidates? It, it, it completely, there's not a day that's the same. I mean, I guess with, with, with any, any role, you, you sort of do the initial log on and do the firefight and make sure everything's covered. And if there's any queries or whatnot that have come in, um, as I said, it, it's very people focused. So I think 80% of my time is speaking to people, you know, it's managing expectations making sure people are having a good journey, whether that be a candidate having a good journey through the recruitment process, being fed back to, which is, I, I'm glad you said recruiters get a bad rap because that's made them one of the main reasons that, that you know recruiters don't feed back to candidates. Um, and then also having internal chats, you know, uh, you, it's very strategic in, in for internal recruitment because you're justifying roles, you're, you're working with finance on making sure the roles are in budget, there's there's a lot of moving parts and I couldn't tell you what a day looks like. That's a really bad answer. No, 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 that's, that's <laughs> perfect. Do you know, that's perfect. It, as you can tell by my answer, a, a yeah. normal day is chaotic because, you know, I, my answer is just really chaotic too. Um, how, how does it work though? So say you've got a, a role that's going live, you know, how many candidates do you look for to begin to whittle it down? And what kind of things do, you, do, do make you decide to whittle the, the candidates down? I think it's it totally depends um i guess it's qualifications and experience are the keys and it's really hard and and it's a constant debate i have with people you can't tell what a person's going to perform like in a role from a piece of paper the fact that we're, we're still um, assessing people from bits of papers you know cvs is crazy but that sometimes so many people apply for one position you have to put it down to what experience they they've stated on their cv what qualifications they've got um and it, yeah it's really hard it's really hard but i mean a, a usual role um, within f1 could attract anywhere up to 600 to 800 applications because it's so wow. desirable um and, you know, we're getting that down to interview. I mean, first stage interview, you don't want to be interviewing more than six to eight people just because of time restraints and then get it down to three or four for the second stage and then someone you want to offer. Um, so that, that's a crazy sort of big, long list that then gets reduced to a short list and then put into interview format. With um with COVID, obviously, hmm. it's affected everyone in different ways. But have you sort of seen... a a higher amount of applications. hundred um, percent. Yeah. hundred percent. I, I mean, I, I, I but before I, I started working for the particular team that I'm working for now, I was working for a catering company that were a spin out of another F1 team. Um, and obviously, so hospitality, what, what I'm trying to get at, hospitality is quite close to my heart and I really understand 
the the struggles them guys go through um and th that industry in particular has just been absolutely swamped so we've had some hospitality roles come on at the moment um for the, the you know uh, at, at the team i'm at and and them hospitality applications are thousands because then people have been made redundant and and so forth so um yeah i i think the, the everything COVID related has made everything hyped up and people sitting in their houses have reassessed their life and lives and what, what they, they, they feel uh, is important. So I think people are actually going, do you know what, am I happy in my job? Um, are they being flexible? Are they being fair? Am I able to, you know, um, use my skills somewhere else that's going to, you know, respect me or allow me a better work-life balance. So I think all the applications have massively jumped up. Because I suppose on the other side of that, though, obviously with COVID, a lot of companies stopped hiring. Yep. So um, you've obviously also then got all of those people that never got those jobs because there weren't any available. But I, by the sounds of it, your company is now recruiting a lot more coming out the back end of this. Yeah, it, it, last year was a weird one. So I was I was furloughed. It, it, it was meant to be for uh, I guess the initial six months but within two months I was brought back because we had so many live vacancies still so it was always ticking over with, within that world um, but I think there's certainly a bottleneck now with, with, with people just sort of yeah actively going out um, definitely but before uh, a couple of minutes ago you kind of mentioned um, CVs and yeah. I'm so glad you did because we talk about this all the time with all of our guests how CVs are so outdated yet it's the number one way you get your foot in the door still and yeah it's just a little bit bizarre because some of our guests have got their jobs or certainly the ones that have got the jobs that they're super passionate about have used things like um, LinkedIn having a, a super um i don't know what what the right word active and uh useful linkedin profile to showcase all the work they've done and and building a personal brand within the industry um and showcasing what you can do is are you seeing more more people get jobs through that kind of route yeah 100 percent. i think the the key point that you've just said there is personal brand and, and and i think that's that's really important i've actually just done something in my spare time um I, over the last few months, reviewed over sort of 140 CVs completely in my spare time, um, just just to help people out with the formatting and how what they should be saying. And, and but the key with CVs, there's there's not a right or wrong way of how to do it. Mm. Um, I, I guess it's it's just making sure that there's a bit of personality in there, and you're sort of banging the drum about how good you are and and what you could bring. I guess realistically, though, you know, when you say you get 600 applicants and not not just your company, um, take we had uh, an internal recruiter from an investment bank on. OK. Um, and she was talking about they get thousands of applicants. Um, yeah. You can't look through all those CVs properly. You know, you're skim reading at best. Right. So it, it, what in your opinion, what's mm. the way forward apart from CVs? How can people really stand out in the recruitment process? It, yeah, that, that's hard, isn't it? I, I think being honest and open, I, I, people that wear their heart on their sleeves and actually are really honest about what's going on in their world, I think that that's really desirable to me. Um, you know, I, I've had a few conversations today with people um, that have been really, really open and vulnerable. And I actually think it, it is a two-way process. 
um, uh, and building rapport with people, that's the key. Um, that's something I'm really, really hot on. And I think that's important. Yeah. Um, I, I think a hard thing these days as well is, is knowing how far to take things. You obviously spoken, you know, that, that CV should be personal reflects you as much as, po- as possible as well as your applications. Yeah. The one that I always struggle with is the, this idea of a cover letter. And I never know if it's, you should put it or not. Some people tell me, you know, no one ever reads it. And it's just like you, they put it on there to show they're doing a little bit extra, but at the same time, is it worth it? It's. Yeah. Do you know what cover letters personally, and once again, completely subjective, not something that I I would personally lean on. I think, I think a CV would give enough personality through, you know, I I think the the keys are people that put in, put put your hobbies on the CV. You know, even if it's at the bottom, I want to know a bit about you. Yeah. But during interviews, I sometimes, if if there's not much personality coming through or the technical questions that have been asked don't allow personality to come through, um, I'll, I'll throw in a, you know, what's your favourite sandwich or what's your favourite cuisine um, question just to see how people react. Um, not to be that weird person that throws in a weird question, but <laughs> I, 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 I think it's good. I think it's good to have that personality because at, yeah, at so the end I mean. of the day, you, you know, you, you spend more time with the people you work with than you do your friends and family. So it's, it's so important that you get on on a personal level, you know, we're all human. We all bleed red. Um, I, and I think that's really important that that personal side and that, that sometimes gets missed in the recruitment process. I find so it's quite interesting you said that you're you're actively in these interviews as well um is that typical of recruiters because obviously external ones they wouldn't be but you've yeah. got an internal one how how does that role sort of work for you obviously going you've already said about security guard up to um aerodynamics engineer yeah absolutely it's that that's the reason why i went external to internal because i was jealous of of being part of the internal process um it, it was it was completely a, a green mood and it was it was it was jealousy led you know i was i was really jealous that i wasn't meeting people on their first day and be shaking their hands and stuff um so i mean with, with the amount of roles we have on at the moment it it's hard because i can't be in every interview but i'd like to dip in and 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 sort of support where I can there's certain certain um, managers that are young in their career or have just stepped up to the management position so it's nice to sort of give them the love and support and tr- on uh, sort of um, I, I guess on the job training for, for the interviewing um, so I, I try and try and do quite a bit of interviewing probably more than I should um, but I think it's important to still be part of the process as much as you can especially because I hate to give sort of empty feedback to people. If you haven't been part of the conversations that have led to you ringing them to say they haven't got the job and you're, you're literally reading off a script of two lines that the hiring manager's given you, it's not very heartfelt or you can't really sort of do that sincerely. So I find if I'm actually in the room and if I'm, I'm interviewing with them, I can actually give them feedback even if that's an awkward conversation with constructive criticism, which I like to do as well. Um, Cause I think it really helps people and people do respect you for it in the end. How do you and your company like to give feedback? Yeah. You, know, you said people okay. being shortlisted on CVs. Okay. Um, anything below that shouldn't be, but did you sort of have a level of anything past here would like to give feedback? Okay. So if I, anyone that I see the, the whites in their eyes, 
so anyone that sits around a table or has a virtual interview with someone deserves a phone call feedback you know mm. it shouldn't be a cold email it shouldn't be a generic uh, sort of um, system led email mm. i actually think it should be a phone call um i try to encourage the hiring managers to actually make the phone calls um if they're not comfortable doing it it's something that i try and do um you know as much as i can but i ah that was your point so you said about what why did why do recruiters get a bad rap yeah, yeah. so i think i think volume as well so i think volume and people are scared of having their awkward conversations yeah well yeah we we just as a as a you know human race especially being british we're not very good with awkward conversations are we <laughs> no, no um, definitely not and i what kind of um what kind of traveling do you have to do if any you know in this role is it very much an office-based job or recruiting for a certain industry you work in i assume there's jobs all over the place or people that get the jobs have to be willing to travel yeah so i mean i i can do my role completely remotely um i, I do tend to go in weekly for an induction so i run the induction for new starters um no travel you know it's not something i i i'll go to the factory um and have meetings and stuff mm-hmm. um but some of the obviously we're, we're, some some of the race team roles we're looking after they're, they're all traveling all over the world they're doing what 23 races a year now wow. obviously they're not doing all of them and um, there's some sort of leapfrog system where where they do some um yeah, but engineers and, and actually, do you know what the the new rules around um, sort of the visas as well? It's all changing. So we now, as a company, has a have a budget for bringing people in on various visas because it's not it's not a blanket rule of everyone in Europe can now work in the UK. It's it's now they have to get a visa and and, and go through the process. So our candidate pool is actually widened from 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 that happening. Oh wow. And for you, what would be some uh, personality traits that you see in yourself and maybe some of your colleagues that you think really help uh, you thrive in this industry? In, in F1, you've got to have a few loose screws, I think. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, I think uh, that that is something that I love about the role that I'm currently in. You know, you're working with the best people in the world, whether that's people that, that work in the wind tunnel. You know, if, you, if, if no, if the, the listeners haven't heard or seen what a wind tunnel is, you know, give it a Google. It's crazy what they do. How, how big should the wind tunnel there? The, the wind tunnel is... It's certainly bigger than my house. Um, oh, wow. It's a proper <laughs> size wind tunnel, fair enough. <laughs> it, it, yeah, it's... It, it's um, uh, crazy, you know, so you're working with the best people in the world, you know, and, and I guess that that keeps you on your toes. And, and and I think hungry people, you know, that's something that I find infectious people that are either self funding courses, or they're doing something in their personal life, you know, they're running marathons, or, you know, reading, trying to read 10 books a month or something, you know, when I interview people, and they say, I've self funded this course, because last year, I had nothing else to do and I wanted to push myself. That to me is really appealing, you know, because that per- you can tell that person's hungry to succeed and that, that's really, really cool. Um, so it's that for me, stuff like that really, really ticks a lot of boxes, you know, people that want to push themselves, people that want to, you know, um, continuously improve their self. Yeah. And how much of recruitment is uh, building a network? So, you know, when you recruit people, 
do you then remember them next time you might have another uh, vacancy you know say in five years time is it all about building up that kind of contact book it it is but i mean in in terms of uh, retaining all that knowledge if you think that how many candidates i speak to or interview on a, a monthly basis uh, it would be impossible for me to even remember their names let alone their background and how suitable they would be for roles so yes it, i guess it is uh, platforms like linkedin are great for that you know to to keep you you know keep you on top of um who you've connected with and whatnot um but it is really hard to keep people on your radar mm. um and and that's just because my, my brain's not that way <laughs> you know <laughs> Um, it, it's not made that way, unfortunately, but I, there are some people that pop up, you know, um, possibly weren't right for a role one year and then, you know, people have popped back into the process and you've remembered them and you had rapport with them initially. Um, and then it turns out they're the right person for the job. Um, that has happened a few times. Mm. And how much of the recruitment industry is also knowing about the industry you're recruiting for, you know, do you need to know, I assume you need a certain level, but how much knowledge do you need for that industry? Um, that's interesting because I've done, I've done um, industrial, which is sort of warehouse and factories. I've done engineering. I've done IT. I've done hospitality and now sort of technical and engineering. Um, I think having a basic understanding that I do find it very hypocritical that I would not be able to do any, well, I'd say probably 80% of the jobs I recruit for um, because my brain just wouldn't work that way. Um, so I, I think having a good understanding and, and respect for what they do is important, but I think that's the extent of it. I think right. as long as you're taking the time to speak to the internal stakeholders um, about what they need and what this person will be doing. I've sat in technical interviews before for sort of three, four hours where they, you know, it, it, it's, it, I can't even explain what they do. They basically bring a, a slab of paper and they start drawing parts of the car and how the air will flow around it. And you sit there for two, three hours, not saying a word and just <laughs> taking it in. Um, and it, it's, it's a bit surreal. It's like a weird, bad dream. Um, but yeah, it, it, I think I think having a respect for it that that that's the key, and so I, I guess you asking whether recruitment would um, whether you'd be able to sort of transition into other fields of recruitment. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That was that's the next kind of question. Okay. You know, what are some of the skills that, no matter the industry you're recruiting for, are really you know helpful to have? Uh, being on it with your people skills and your admin skills, they're the two for me. So making sure you're updating systems, you're um, logging, you know, interview feedback and, and making sure people are um, passed through the right, the, the, the correct way and systems are updated, but then also the people side, make sure you're having conversations. Communication makes the world go round, doesn't it? So mm. um, yeah, I, it I, th I think they're the most two important, they're the two most important, but you can apply them to different industries, I feel. Is there a lot of admin in recruitment then? Yes, 100%. Um, okay. I think that that's the part. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm very sort of data-driven, so I, I enjoy that side, but that, that didn't come naturally to me initially. That was, that was a big shock. 
um, you know, you're running sort of, you know, I, I, th I think, I think my nan and grand think that I sort of go to the racetrack and stuff and I just have a chat with people and recruit them. <laughs> but I, the reality is I'm running sort of five, six spreadsheets, you know, <laughs> and having conversations back to back. Um, mm. So there's a lot of that, a lot of sort of, yeah, um, a lot of admin. One thing that I find a little bit interesting about the way recruiting happens these days is you're obviously in a very unique company field and with some very specific jobs. Yeah. Um, yet out there, there's these large conglomerate um, companies that sort of just throw every single CV they could um, a job application they could find online, and people have an app, scroll through it. How does it find their way onto it? Do you guys actually put it on there? Is it sort of, or for your your jobs, is it mainly just advertised on your website? So in terms of the the people that applied, do you mean? No, no. so more or less, how does um, how does your system work with advertising your jobs? Are they, are they just on your website or do they go onto these, these apps? Um, yeah, so, there. so Fling, uh, we call it an ATS, which is basically an applicant tracking system. So that would be the hub of where the applications stay. Um, so what that, that does, that pings it out to the job board. So you're indeed your total jobs, but then also to our website. And actually the main, with F1 being so desirable, the main traffic comes from the website. I'd probably say... 60 to 80 percent comes from the website okay rather than the job boards but then you, you said about the one click apply so on linkedin on sort of indeed you can click literally one button you apply so people sort of flick through sit on their sofa have their takeaway on a saturday and flick and, and apply for about 200 jobs in five minutes um that's probably why we get such a volume of, of, of applicants as well um, and for you, what would be some of the biggest positives or opportunities you've had out of this career? Oh, I, th I think meeting so many weird and wonderful people. Mm. Um, I mean, it's it's not it, it's it's certainly not an easy field. I, I think, as you said, re recruiters get a bad rap, but it's such such a, a stressful and it, it takes up so much headspace. Um, you, you've got to be so emotionally intelligent and, and, and self-aware um, to, to, to do the role. Um, and yeah, I, I, I think it, it, that's, that's the best thing, Meet, meeting cool people um, and, and, and getting to sort of work on a global platform and see that your, your, what you're doing makes a difference. And I think that that the internal role, whether whether it, whether I was working for a food manufacturing company or an F one team, I think that would be quite cool to sort of see that you you're sort of influencing that end product. Yeah, certainly. I think, and that's also being the internal recruiter, you you're able yeah. to get that feeling. Um, what would be some negative or less favourable aspects of this uh, field, though? Um, I think probably the, the the stress level i think the accountability because you are literally playing with people's lives um and and that that is something that you know um i have have conversations probably a 
on a monthly basis that that, that end in people crying or being emotional or angry. Oh so you have to deal with that. Um, and that's possibly because of my style. As I said, I'm quite open and transparent and, and sometimes critical, but only in a, a nice way to make sure that people are sort of, you know, able to improve and, and given that opportunity. So I, I guess it's, it's taking on that, that emotion, that, yeah, that emotional side. Um, you, I, I'd, I'd love to say you become numb to it, but you certainly don't, you know, it's, it, I, I honestly care about people that, are, that I speak to. I, I think it's, you know, really important to, um, so you do, yeah, you, there are some evenings where you're, you're overthinking what you've said or, or, or the way you phrased a certain bit of feedback. Um, yeah, that, that would be my main con, um, I'd mm. say with, with it, um, but mostly pros. So we also like to talk about, um, sort of average salary incomes across mm. the industry. So it's not your salary. It's just the average for the industry that we go away and find data on and see if you would agree with it. So okay. external recruitment obviously works a bit differently to internal. You may tell me it doesn't, but external work on a lot of commission bases, whereas internal don't, is that right? Correct. So the average apparently salary in the UK for an internal recruiter is around 35,000. Does that okay. sound about right? A average? I know every industry is going to vary, so it's very difficult to find that, but does it sound right? I, I think so. I think so. Yeah. From, from sort of, you know, people, peers and stuff I've spoken with. Um, yeah. That, that are in internal roles. I think that'd probably be ballpark. Um, yeah, external is a different beast completely. Um, you can have some some months where you're billing a lot of money and you're getting a lot of commission, but then the basic obviously is also reflective of that. So, um, it yeah, it swings and roundabouts. Do you prefer internal or yes. external? You prefer? Yeah, I, I honestly don't don't think I could go back to external recruitment. Um, I have a lot of respect to to you know ex colleagues and friends that do that role. Um, I've got a friend at the moment that's just starting his own recruitment business. You know, I did absolute, you know, respect for him and, and what he's trying to achieve. I, I don't think I could do it. I think in internal, you're, you've got your feet under, under the table, you know, you're feeling part of something. You're able to have them open con conversations. It's not as transactional, not as salesy. Um, so for me, it, it, my personality type, it just fits a lot better. Is that the main differences between internal and external then? External is a very, is it more high volume and more sort of salesy compared to internal? Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, I, I've worked in agencies where they ring bells when they make placements or high five each <laughs> other, or, you know, they have a power hour where they sort of phone smash, you know, for an hour of the day. Um, that, that That's great. And, and some people love doing that. It's just not really my style. I, I want to sort of add more value um, I mean, it, it, with internal recruitment, I'm able, as I said, do the coaching side and work with the respect committee and, and do, you know, bits of work on the diversity and inclusion. And there's a lot more to it. There's a lot mo more moving, you know, more moving pieces than just actually, you know, getting money on the board. Um, so for me, that that's the big thing. I suppose one of the other things for internal is you can hire someone and three years later, you walk past that person and they're enjoying themselves. They're progressing really well within the company, making mm. a difference. You're like, yeah, that's I was part of that. Hundred percent. And and there's you know, uh, yeah. But even even when people pass their probation at like the six month 
mark you know or you know they've been there for a year or so and you you see on linkedin that's popped up they've been there a year and you're like well i brought them in to the business you know um or people progressing through the business it's a real good feel factor um uh, yeah i get a big kick out of that definitely awesome um what would be something that was not in the job description something you never expected to be dealing with um, maybe slightly more towards where you are um now okay that's a, that's a real hard one. I guess internal politics. Can I say that? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's common in every industry, but yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty common. That that's. Uh, I mean, uh, yeah, internal internal politics. I guess that that is 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 a common theme with with any business I've ever worked yeah. in. Um, I mean, the admin stuff. I don't mind. I love rolling my sleeves up and getting my hands dirty. Um, yeah i don't think there's anything really i don't think i i don't recall what was on my job description so it's hard to say but i i think i think the 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 beauty of the the company that i'm currently with there's a lot of autonomy so it's it's sort of where it's a team of two i can just crack on with projects i want to you know i'll ask for blessings of my managers and stuff to to say you know can i crack on with this project and it's never, never, ever been turned down and said, no, you can't do that. Stay in your lane. Um, so actually, my job description's probably grown because I've wanted it to. Mm. Um, and, and there's nothing that I really hate doing. Um, actually, yeah, it, it, it's all good. And how do you, you know, progress as an internal recruiter? Um, you know, how do you sort of go up the ranks, if you like? I think getting the respect of your, your colleagues um, and then the natural progression will come. I, I mean, I'm, I'm still at the early stage of my internal recruitment life. Um, I, I would say there's, there's still lot, lots of progression that I can do. Um, it's obviously conversations I've been having to, mm. to try and move that forward. Um, I think just making you really sort of known in the business, making you invaluable in the business and also, yeah, getting the respect and trust of you of your peers mm. the internal stakeholders you know they're the they're, they're the most important people you know because because the, the you know you've got these really smart especially in f1 you've got these really smart people that the last thing they wanted to be doing is sitting interviewing so they need that support they need you to sort of handhold and and and, and give them the tools to to succeed in that process because what they're good at is designing a car not interviewing yeah. And that's something you've really got to really keep in the back of your mind. You're like, why did they say that in the interview? Like, that's not right. But it's because the, that's not their forte. Their forte is making a car go fast. Yeah. <laughs> we, <laughs> that's very we, black and white, but... It, no, it, yeah, it's, it, it's true. Yeah, you, don't, you I mean, it, it's one of the common things we talk about on here is actually um, no one ever gets trained to be a manager, you know? It's, no, 100%. Yeah. yeah. It's just one of those, those things you, you just don't, think about and you've got to do it um would you still go into this industry knowing everything you know now oh that's a good question <laughs> i i mean I, I was i was bold from the age of 25 so i wouldn't lose my hair from stress so that's probably <laughs> yeah. um yeah i think i would you know what it is it's prestigious um i enjoy it i feel part of something um yeah and actually do you know what i really enjoy the work that i do there's there's not there's not a 
day where I'm like, oh my God, this, this, this is so bad. Um, you know, and, and I actually think it's really infectious, especially the Formula One world. Um, you know, you, the, the fact that you can make that car go fast that you see on Sky Sports on a Sunday is, you know, when I say make it go faster, that's why bringing in people that can make it go faster, by the way, not me personally. Um, <laughs> I think, yeah, I, I think I'd 100% do it in a heartbeat um, again. Well, thank you so much for coming on, Todd. It's um, It's been super interesting to hear about uh, how it works. Good. No, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Todd. Uh, where can people find you if they wanted to maybe ask a question or so? Ooh, LinkedIn. So, yeah, so it's Todd Jack Cooker on LinkedIn. Um, yeah, hopefully, I'll, as I said about the CV thing, hopefully I'll be opening some sort of um, CV reviewing sort of campaign again at some point, um, hopefully, so I can help some people out with that in my personal awesome. time as well. Awesome. Thank you, Todd. Cool. Cheers, guys.